My people doing time. Exhibit juvenile. Y'all need to wake up, everybody. Nature. Job rule. Reptile. Come on, Look, bring the heat. I made you main, living in this house of pain. Stuck with a thousand street hustlers down on their luck. Repeat felons, recorded with the death I was selling. And for the past three months, yo, I can still hear my victims yelling. But I can't listen to my conscience, it's nonsense. If I didn't shoot, I'd be the ninja in the suit, in the box under the ground. Fox chased by the hound, like permanent frown. Exhibit get down by lifting iron by the pound for the tough individual. Running, run his mouth, throw some hands with the general. Walk one day in the shoes of a criminal. That disease keep the luxuries to a minimal. I'm not talking about weed jewels and Bentleys. I'm talking about. How would you see today's panel ruling on that decision? Today's today's justices. I think that if if we get into that courtroom, they're going to they're going to side with us. There's the there's what's called the doctrine of master servant, and the doctrine of master servant basically says that a servant you know performs mechanical duties on behalf of the master, and uh, they will always side with their master. You know, so in the case of the judge that works for the state, obviously that judge is going to side with the state because that's his master. He's going to act in the best interest of his master. He's not going to side against it. So we see that happening all the time. But the federal government is different, right? When you get to the Supreme Court of the United States, their master is the United States of America and the preservation of America. If they choose to, to rule against this, America doesn't exist anymore. Constitution doesn't exist anymore. Maybe you it know? never did. It, it, it never did. You're right. It, it hasn't. We need, a, we need a rebirth. We need, a, we need to start over with this country. The whole country has to start over. We were doomed to failure from the very beginning when we chose to uh, maintain our property. When our forefathers chose to maintain the property and not give up and not not release the slaves and we and that's giving. and when you say that right partner and it's it's like who's going to do that you know what i mean who who's who who as the american citizen is sitting there and they're driving around and they're on their way to work and they have their football and they have all their their sports and their luxuries and their house who in their right mind is going to say you know what let's just wash all this and just start over and and it, so it but you're absolutely correct that is what needs to happen so, so our Lord Jesus Christ, when he came and, and he, he was doing his work, he wasn't sent to the people that had jobs and houses and cars and money. He was sent to the, to the, to the hopeless. Because if you want to create change, if you want to do something significant, who better to, to go to and to enlist than those who are hopeless and ripe to be filled with hope? You know, he mm. knew that those were the people that he needed to, to, to go to. Those ones that were being oppressed, those ones that, that, that were cast out, that were, that were the criminals, the, the prostitutes, the, 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 the drug addicts. Those were the people that he was sent to because those were the ones that were going to help him bring about change. Mm. You know, when you have a house and a car and a life and all this, you're, you don't want anything to change. You don't need anything to change because you've accepted your life and status quo. You've accepted mediocrity. And change doesn't come from, from that. You know, if, if, if I were to go out and I would want to do something like this, what I'm doing, if I would have spent my time, you know, with the people of the United States trying to convince them that we need to change, I wouldn't have gone anywhere because those people aren't, they don't need hope. They're already full of something, right? I had to go to the, to the place that I went to. I had to go to the, to, to the place where you have hopeless people mm-hmm. because those people, they rallied together. 
I mean, every single person I talked to, 4,000 people petitioned with me, every single one of them believed in it. They didn't think it would actually happen because they don't, they, they've never had justice exist within, within their life. They've never, never had freedom, but they, but they, they, they believed in our laws. They, they thought that, okay, what if, what if this does happen? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we read our laws right now, <clears throat> and like I said, you know, that's what we're to believe in. We are to believe in the, the, the one law that rules over us, right? We're not to believe in the, in judges, right? We're not to believe in, in what they tell us. We're to believe in the one constitution, the one, the one law that rules over us. And if we believe in that, right? And we believe in the words that it says, then it will be executed. And by its execution, because you execute the law, by its execution, it will, it will remove the sins of all the people within our nation. I mean, that is, that, that's scriptural. That, that's, that's biblical right there. Hmm. If we believe in it, we push this, then we can restart. We can restart our nation. We can start over and raise every single slave up to an equal status so that we can move forward day one the way it was supposed to, you know, 234 years ago with every single person equal. If we have one person remain a slave, we have the ability to discriminate once again. We must bring everyone to an equal status and move forward because then government laws must first treat them equally. That's the way we, that we have to do it. So I, I just don't see the powers that be letting that happen. You know, maybe not. But if, if that's the case, then then we don't have a nation and then we're, we're doomed for destruction. So, well, it, well it's, 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 yeah, it's either, either give me freedom or give me death, you know, and, yeah. and, and that's the point to where, I mean, essentially what we're talking about is, is another civil war. Yeah. Well, the state of California has 1400 judges, but 40 million people. What are those 1400 judges? How are they controlling these 40 million people? Right. That's what we got to keep in mind. That's what that's what all of Americans need to keep in mind. Fourteen hundred judges that's controlling and dictating the lives of 40 million people. If you don't like something, then fix it. We have the power. That's that's that. That's the power that we talk about. You think that those judges have the power? They're nothing. They're nothing. They've got a title that says honor. You don't. Yeah, they're an apparition. Someone that's this violating law. So, you know, I'm not talking about armed rebellion. I'm talking about I'm talking about using our words. And, and, and it's showing them what they are. They, they don't have the right to be able to change our beliefs and our morals and our, and our sets of, of practices. And uh, but the only way that works, T, I think, is if the people know it and have faith in it and operate within that. And I think that's the thing is, is that people are just not only and we're not talking about the select few who are awake. We're talking about the millions and millions of Americans who probably are immigrants or, or first time, you know, their parents were immigrants, really don't understand government structure. They've been, you know, these, these immigrants have been allowed to come into our nation for the last hundred years, just completely ignorant to the Constitution and everything behind it, what it stands for. And now we really have a nation of people who, who understand compliance and don't understand noncompliance. And so now when you have these individuals that are out here standing up for their rights, we're viewed upon as non-compliant. We're viewed upon as treasons. We're viewed upon as uh, insurrectionists, terrorists, you know. So how do we overcome the majority of ignorance that is in our nation? So they say that they say that all that you need is 20 percent of the population and you can change anything in America. Twenty percent. So. If we look at the, in America being 330 million people, 
let's let's take half of that, right? 150 million being adults, right? And let's say that 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 voting an actual vote might be 100 million people, right? And I think that's that's pushing it, right? 100 million uh, voters. But let's let's say that 20% of that is 20 million people. We have right now in the system currently 10 million people mm-hmm. right now. Add their spouse because their spouse is going to vote with them because whoever's getting them out of prison or getting them out is going to vote with them, right? We're 20 million people. You add their mom and their dad, we're at 40 million people. We've got the numbers. The numbers are there. Well, but that's why our votes don't count, though. That's why they don't count, but we do count. You cannot deprive a United States citizen of a right secured by the Constitution of the United States. They can't do it, right? There's two reasons. Remember, there's two things that are taken away from us, the right to vote and the right to bear arms. And those are those are specifically intended in order to keep us uh, uh, suppressed. Exactly right? what you just described. Right. The, the ability, the inability to be able to, to 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 vote means that we can't rise up democratically. The inability to, to bear arms means we can't rise up militarily. It's keeping the slaves in an indentured slave status. Right. Amen. They can't do it. These are our rights. And so even as a felon, you don't have the right to take away my right to vote. Right. You, you don't have the right because that is a right secured by enumerated in the Constitution of the United States, therefore, I'm entitled to it, right? You, you can't take it away. And so that's what we need to push because, you know, when we look at, and there's a couple, uh, a couple of um, statistics here, and I, I, it's actually a good time because I wanted to go over these. 18 of the first 31 Supreme Court justices own slaves. And these decisions, they have lasting impact on us. 18 of the first 31 Supreme Court justices had their own slaves, Right. They didn't want to change that. And I think John Marshall's one of them. I think he was the 14th or the 15th. Yeah. So from our first common law Congress in 1774 until today, over 12,000 people have been elected. And over that 240 plus year period, only 3% of them have been women or people of color. And of that 3%, one third of them are serving right now today. Right. So 97% of the Congress that we've had in the history of our country have been white men, right? Mm-hmm. Where is the equal representation, right? When you have a jury that's, that's represented by 12 people and they say that that's representative, where's the felon? Where's the person who's actually been through this? Where's the person who's been in this, in the system? You know, that's not representative of the people. When we have such a, a large number of people that have been convicted of crimes, that's, that, that's, that's a, that's a group. Well, of you're people. talking that's about a, a third of you're talking about a third of our nation. Yeah. Who, who's represent, who's, who's representing that third, like you say? So you have, you have groups that classes of people, right? A criminal is another class of people. That's all it is. So when you say blacks and minorities, and that's a class of people and they're deprived of rights, or you say women are a class of people and they're deprived of rights, what about criminals, right? That's a class of people they've established that have rights. We have rights just like anyone else. We're still a person, right? But, but when you, when you label us and, and, and you say that these are horrible, awful people and, and that that's all that we are, then guess what? You, you're proliferating this class, right? And that's, that's, that's contrary to it. I mean, Which I know that the listener right now is, is, is probably saying in your mind they are. They are horrible people, you know, and they've, they've committed horrible crimes. And, and although that's probably true in a lot of that sense, right, when we get into the 13th Amendment, I really want to start to break down how – crime was created right yeah. law came first the crime did not come first the law <laughs> came first so right? remember re- remember this right that it wasn't until the late 1800s or late 1700s that the first prison even existed right this is a fairly new institution 
right? Prisons, prisons weren't used all through history. I mean, not through, not at all, right? And well, so, they weren't heard of. They weren't heard yeah. of because it, it wasn't even a thought process as to incarcerating men at that time. Yeah, you know the uh, when when we when we talked about the um, uh, the prison industry, right, and the and the ability to to trade stock, you read something from the Geo Group, and it's it's bothered me for some, quite some time. Um, but you said within within reading their their stuff, you said that they were operating in uh, Africa, South Africa, mm-hmm. Australia. And here, those are all three English common locate. Those are penal colonies. All three of those locations. And why is it that the prisons are established in those lo- those particular locations? It, it's really bothered me for for quite some time here, uh, um, knowing that those are the specific locations that they're operating, and those are specific English uh, um, uh, common uh, penal colonies. It's just it, it's mind boggling. But um, but uh, you know hmm. we. Uh, I, I, I lost my train of thought there, but well, well, we're talking. We're, we, I mean, that's a that's a. I never made that connection. I did yeah. not make that connection. You know, Those and are all English English penal colonies. And but we're talking. We were we were talking about the the establishment of the the industry. Right. You know, right. and so prison, prison industry is is it's relatively new. It's 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 not. It hasn't been around for for. All well, no, history. and the reason why I wanted to bring that point up yeah. was for the fact when I say that crime was was created was again after the 13th amendment and the labor force was lost on the railroads and and your you know these big corporations that were being built all along the sun belt in the south right they had to create laws because the 13th amendment did not abolish slavery it legalized slavery so they had to create the laws in order to build their workforce back up under now the legalized slavery so right. they created laws. They created if you did not have a job, you went to prison. Well, who was hiring a black man at that time? So right. where did the black man go? He went to prison. So they were just going around, just picking up swarms of black people and sending them off now to prison. Right. And to that build was the railroads. And to, so the reason why I bring that up is is because that was, as Tanawa has said, the foundation of what we have today which was laws that were created to incarcerate people, right? And the laws have just accumulated over all the time because the crime just accumulated, the oppression accumulated, which resulted in crime. And this is where we're at today. So the reason why I make that, just let me finish this here real quick, is because the reason why I make that is because we look at the criminal now, as Tanawal said, well, we don't talk about criminals in this because they get what they want. And I just want the communities to understand that this whole thing was created. It's just been a hamster wheel. And the only way to overcome what Tanawa and I are trying to educate the masses on is to change that, that thought process from this is a criminal to this is somebody that was caught up in a system. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's 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 specific drivers be, behind it and so you know all through history slavery it, it's done a couple things one it's 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 reduced the uh, the working class it's eliminated the middle class two it's always removed the the, the father figure from the family and what happens when the father's re- eliminated from the family the family is is poor right i mean they they end up poor and then when they end up poor you have you have these socioeconomic issues of the of the children so you know when we look at the statistics that 
that if you are a child whose parent is, is, is in prison, you have an 80% likelihood of going to prison yourself, right? More than likely you're going to go there. But, and so, you know, the, the old saying that hurting people hurt people, that's what's happening here. So when we have someone that hurts someone else, and then we just take them and put them into a hurtful situation, we call them a, a piece of crap, and, and, then, and then they go to prison, and then we let them out and say, okay, well, now you got to be better. It's a penal-based system. It's a vengeance-based system. And so we're not actually helping that individual do anything, be any different. Right? So that's why I say that what we have to do is we have to stop looking at what the people do and start looking at what's been done to them. Because when we look at what they do, all we see is a monster who's committed this crime and who needs to pay for the things they've done. Right? That's all that we see right now is this individual and the things they've done and how they have to pay for it. But if we stop there and we go back and we look at what's been done to them at some point in time as a child, as a husband, as a mother, whatever, and we, and we look at that point in time, long before the crime, right? We look at that. Now we want to help them. Now we want to fix what is hurting them. And we can see why they did what they did because of this, right? We need to care about these people enough that we actually heal them so that they don't hurt anymore. Right. Because pe- pe- people that are happy don't hurt people. And I want to add to that right there because... And I know, again, people are rolling their eyes. Oh, here goes that victimization bullshit, blaming our parents, blaming our environment. But you have to understand the social economics behind this prison industrial system. So when you're, you're again, I was just in a high school a couple of weeks ago, Tanawa, and it, it, it triggered me. I went into a high school and it triggered me because I'm a lifelong felon and I've been incarcerated many years. This actually gave me anxiety, the heavy doors, the high chain link fences, just yeah. the whole structure of this school, the paint, the tile, the just the whole ambiance of our schools, public school systems, the pressure that is put on the lower class and the poor class. We're working 60 to 80 hours a week just to maintain bills. There is no standard 40 hour week for the poor class. And we have to do a side hustle, Uber or DoorDash. And, and where's all the elements of crime placed at, Tanawal? In the yeah. poor communities, the strip right. clubs, the bars, the casinos, the, you know, the gun shops, the alcohol shops, all of this stuff is only in the poor communities. Right. So and again, they're working off percentages. They know that a large percentage of the people, when you apply a certain amount of, of pressure to them, they're going to make bad choices. It's human yeah. psychology. Right. And, and, and now, and, like you said, we're faulting these people for making those bad choices. Right. Right. So <clears throat> we are a product of our environment. Right. If I have a child. Right. That child is going to be a product of whatever environment my wife and I create. Right. So if we create an abusive environment, we're going to create abusive children. They're going to be a product of that environment. And so the same thing can be said about a man. A man is a product of a society, an environment of a society. So if our society is creating an environment of crime because we have a bunch of criminals that are leading us, then we're going to produce criminals as a result of that. So when you have you know, the leadership of our country that's, that's willfully violating the law and doing it with absolute impunity, they are creating an environment where crime can exist, right? When you have these drug task force that go out and manufacture drugs, sell drugs, buy drugs, do all these things, they're committing these crimes. They're creating an environment where crimes can be committed. And then these people come in and they violate the law that was created by the environment that, that, the, that the government was, come on. 
And then they but use the marketing. Crime, then they, make, no then they use the marketing to make these people look like heroes to the American citizen. Exactly. So now the American citizens running around back the blue, back the blue, without right. truly understanding who the blue is and what they're doing. And we're right. sending our children into this. <clears throat> and so, and so you've got to understand that with a debt-based system, they're going to focus on debt. And who who is unable to pay that debt? The poor. So laws are absolutely 100% without a doubt created in order to focus on uh, and target the poor, that specific demographic. It's not race, remember, because, because you know, because we, everything is, 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 is confusing. When we it's look at like the race issue, between classism and racism, right? It, it's economicism. It's not racism. It's economicism. It's rich versus poor. But when you look at the, um, at the, at the high concentration of say black Americans within the prison population, who is the, the, the lowest or the, the, the highest number of socioeconomic uh, producers the within poor, America? Right. The, the blacks. They, they, you know, they, have, they have traditionally been much lower uh, income earners because they never were raised up out of slavery. They were never allowed made to. poor, of course. And, and so if you look at, this, at the, economic, uh, um, the socioeconomic positions of, of, uh, and r- ratio of blacks versus whites within a community, I guarantee you that if we did that analysis, we would see the same ratio or similar ratio within the prisons. That's the reason why there's such a high concentration of black individuals, not because it's racism, not because we're targeting them, but because they represent the, the poorest within our, within our communities. And, and, and therefore, why, they're going to have much higher representation within the, the justice system. That's why I say I don't believe that the system is racist. Right. But the system definitely allows for racism to occur because you're being subjected to one individual. And if that one individual is racist, then that absolutely is going to feel like you were the subject of racism. But it's 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 the it's the system that is allowing these people to be tyrants, as 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 we've defined. But yeah, well, once once again, I mean, the government does not want. They don't want the, the public and the people to get along with one another. They don't want us to be happy yeah, and in peace course. and you know, loving my brother. They want the conflict because the conflict creates crime and crime creates criminals. And so once again, going back to just the history, our system was our, – our constitution was originally drafted, and they added in fugitive elements of it. Now, who were the fugitives? Slaves. Fugitive Slave Act, right? So when we talk about fugitives, it was always about slaves. It was always about a slavery institution. When you talk about Article Four, which talks about the the fleeing of a slave from one from one lo- or the fleeing of a criminal from one location to another location, that was a slave. That's what they were referring to was their property that flees from one location to another location and to return that property back to the owners. I mean, they wrote into the Constitution elements of the Fugitive Slave Act, so every single thing about this is based upon slavery. And if we look at that, then then it just makes sense because today, you know, we've got a slavery institution. Our justice system. You know, for all the way up until the 1970s, it, it remained pretty much flatline. We didn't have high peaks and whatever. We didn't have a, a huge concentration of people within the justice system and the prison system. But then all of a sudden in the 70s, we see this massive spike. And then over the course of 30 years, we see an 800% increase in the prison population. You know, it's exploding. I mean, it's an un, un, uh, a unachievable or unmaintainable track right now. And so just the numbers that are, that are increasing. And why is that? Well, because the states have realized how much money they can make off this slavery institution. And, no question. And, and that's what it is. I mean, you know, this is a system that is absolutely going to enslave every man, woman, child across the nation before it's finished. And so we have to fix this. This is up to us to do it. And so 
you know, those of us that have already been impacted by the system and have already been brought into it and see how unjust it actually is, you know, the things that we say are, we know, we should be represented out there. And this is, you know, this, this, class of people this is why we're created. ostracized. This is why we're censored. This is why we're demoralized because we know the truth, you know, and we yeah. have to be suppressed. So Tanawa, man, this was a beautiful, a beautiful conversation, man. And I loved how it, it ended. Um, I think I'm going to make this into two parts. So I'll make part one as far as, as, uh, you know, Baron versus Baltimore. And then the second part will be, because I mean, we discussed the prison industry for a good 30 minutes, you know? So, I mean, that's, but this is, when we say that prison is a business, like, I don't want this to be a cliche that people just say, oh, well, prison is a business, you know, no, damn it. You have to understand what that really means and how that is intertwined into our society today and how we have 3 million people close to incarcerated plus 10 million in the system. And who knows after that? And who even knows how much money is being generated because there's not even stats on it. They're not even taking statistics on it. It winds up being discretionary funds at at that point. It's, it's completely, completely in the air. It can be used for anything that they want to use it for. And they, they do it all the time. You know, we got to be talking at least, I don't know, hundreds of billions of dollars every year. $600 $600 billion is, 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 is the estimate, but the 600 billion is not just for the system. We're talking about loss of production of labor from all these individuals that are in there. We're talking about the, uh, the, the impacts of the family and the, and, and once they go um, have the lower socioeconomic stability, because it's a single mother, you know, family and, and without the father, I mean, slavery destroys countries. It destroys nations. Or even the other way, because we're locking up women more than at the same rate that we're locking up men now, which is unheard of. So we have men. I don't want to leave the men out here that are, are in broken homes as well. You know, single fathers trying to raise their children as well. The reason why the, the women are, are being locked up is because once you, once you have created a slave, a female slave, her children are subject to, to, to to be there to be taken you can be you can take a child from a slave woman for any reason whatsoever and we see it all across the country by cps they're just taking the, the, the children i mean if you if you're felon you're, you're, your kids are getting taken that's a reason. very very good point and that raises the question as to these women that are being raped in prison and having children what are happening to these children where do these children go they just get written off as wards of the state but what really happens to these children yeah I don't want to say. Yeah. So T until next time, partner, um, the sixth amendment is, I think where we did the fifth, we'll get into the sixth. And uh, so you're going to Michigan, you're flying to Michigan today, safe travels on that brother. And so uh, you know, we, we've got, we've got a a big win, I think coming in Michigan here. And, um, uh, and I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping that on Thursday when, when it's announced, I think that, um, uh, hopefully we'll, um, we'll see some major change at that point. So, um, I don't want to we'll collect, wanna... we'll collect after that and, and, and talk about the, the decision either way. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if, if everything works out just, just fine, then, um, you know, then this, this, this might happen silently, you know, which is, which blows me away that, that it could happen, that it could work that way. But, uh, you know, it's, um, it's important that, that, uh, that the States make the right decision and anytime a state makes a decision to, uh, to, um, uh, to follow the constitution, like, 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 
in the case of the grand jury, if one state, one of the nine states come out and say, we're going to uh, follow the, 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 the uh, require the indictment by a grand jury because it's required by the Constitution, that would create a precedent. And that precedent then would apply to all states uh, because each of the state's uh, Supreme Courts are all peer to peer. And so they would be at, e- at an equal level. And so if one state comes out and says that we're requiring it, then that would apply. And, and every single person within all those other states would then you know, receive through vicarious uh, relief the same, the same remedy. Uh, through that, through that, and then at that point in time, the only the only way that they could stop it would be an injunction by the United States Supreme Court, because that's the only court that would be able to 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 make a decision overruling a, a state Supreme Court. But the only reason why they would do that would be if they want to hear the case. And I guarantee you that if we have this case heard, it's over. The the, the court does not want to have us hear it. They're trying to prevent that because if we go in and we and and we have we're able to present this argument, we will win. Absolutely, without a doubt. We will well, win. partner, like I say, safe travels and make sure you pay attention to who's around you. You know what I mean? Stay safe. I know what you mean. Stay I know what you safe, mean, partner. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's getting dangerous. And, um, but, yeah. All okay. right. Take thank care, you. partner. And stay right. in touch with me. Okay, thank you. Bye. All right.